Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you all to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. I'm your host for today, Tyler Campbell, and we have a very special guest joining us, um, Brian Voger, Senior Technology Manager at Accents North America. Uh, we will be speaking today with Brian about sustainable aviation fuel or SAF, the market for it, pathways to produce it, and technologies that are currently available. So before we get started, I'd like to please remind you all to share and subscribe so you could be on top of things for the newest main column episodes. So let's welcome in our guest. How are you doing today, Brian? Good, Tyler. Thanks for having me. No problem. So um, before we get, well, we get started with the hard-hitting questions. Of how about you tell us a little bit about Axons and, in particular, your role at the company? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks, Tyler. And uh, hello, everyone. Uh, as Tyler mentioned, my name is Brian Boger. I am a senior technology manager at Axons North America. I'm located here in Houston. I have uh, technology and technical service responsibilities for a uh, portfolio of renewable technologies that cover both North and South America. Uh, I've been in the technology licensing industry for about 20 years now. Uh, probably is the case with uh, our energy industry right now. My career has seen a, a trans transition from more fossil-based technologies to currently now working on uh, a number of renewable-based technologies. Uh, so so as uh, the, the industry has transitioned, uh, so has my career. We're probably very similar to many out there as well. Um, I, I graduated from the University of Kansas. I am a, a, a Jayhawk, a very proud Jayhawk, uh, and uh, responsible for uh, renewable technologies uh, located here in Houston. So uh, that's, that's about it uh, for me, and uh, I'm very happy to be uh, doing the podcast today. Happy to have you. So for, to start things off, um, for those that aren't familiar with SAF, can you provide a quick summary of what it is and how it's different than traditional jet fuel? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, SAF is a popular topic right now. Uh, SAF, or sustainable aviation fuel, is an alternative to fossil-based jet fuel and a promising solution to decarbonize the aviation sector. It is produced from either one, a renewable or waste-based bio-based uh, resource that meets sustainability criteria such as renewable oils and fats, uh, lignocellulosic biomass, wastes, low carbon intensity edible uh, starches and sugars, or two, uh, can also be produced from captured CO2 combined with green hydrogen produced by electrolysis of water using green electricity or so-called e-fuels. SAF is a drop-in fuel, uh, which essentially means it's composed of hydrocarbons that can be blended with traditional jet fuel, currently up to uh, about 50% volume. Uh, and the blend does not require equipment change or special infrastructure or major modification of the aviation fuel supply chain, is therefore it avoids uh, large investments in uh, specific supply chain infrastructure. The 50% volume limit for the blending of SAF into commercial jet fuel has been determined in accordance with the OEMs or the original equipment manufacturers. Taking into account the SAF generally has a different composition uh, and slightly different combustion properties from conventional jet fuel. Uh, in the future, this 50% limit may be pushed higher 
uh, for certain types of SAF and will depend on the adjustment, uh, the adjustments made by the OEMs uh, to their equipment shop and design. Uh, according to the IEA or the International Energy Agency, while SAF is already produced and available in the market, it currently only accounts for well less than 1% of global jet fuel consumption, uh, which is currently quite low. Uh, producing SAF is currently more expensive uh, than producing jet-based uh, fossil-based jet fuel uh, when considering the cost of capital to build the new plant, uh, regardless of however it's produced. This all means that to make SAF competitive for, for producers and drive an expansion of its production, a combination of incentives are required to support that higher selling price, uh, particularly regulatory and tax incentive programs. Okay, Brian, so why is the production of SAF gaining momentum globally? Uh, well, that's true. It, it is, in fact, uh, gaining momentum in a global context, ultimately, where sources of energy need to be diversified uh, in industries as well as transportation is looking and in some cases required to decarbonize, which means to reduce their CO2 emissions over the whole cycle of their activities. Uh, start with their own direct emissions, um, which are commonly known as scope one emissions. This requirement for decarbonization sets objectives which are short term and require immediate actions, uh, which is actually, in fact, already happening. Um, so what does this mean for the air transportation? Uh, SAF is the current path to decarbonization. Uh, it is already available. It can be blended with fossil jet fuel and combusted in airplane aircraft engines today. It is the short and even perhaps the medium term solution for aviation since it's the most accessible technologically uh, and the technologies are already available to produce it. Alternate powering solutions for aircrafts may be developed, but it'll take time and liquid fuel today currently remains the solution. Uh, so let me provide a few numbers to maybe better help understand why decarbonization of the air, air transportation is happening and why it's important to reduce global CO2 emission in the greenhouse gas effect. Uh, just a few years back, the COVID-19 crisis resulted in an unprecedented drop in global air traffic uh, over the past couple of years. However, passenger numbers and cargo volumes are now coming back to their pre-COVID levels, and they are anticipated to increase noticeably in the coming decades. Uh, the ICAO, or International Civil Aviation Organization, has updated its growth forecast for global air passenger numbers post-COVID using three scenarios, uh, low growth at about 2.9% per year, medium growth at about 3.6%, and high growth at up to 4.2% per year. Uh, at the same time, aircrafts and operational efficiency are also expected to improve by about 1.8 to 2% per year. Uh, greenhouse gas emissions from aviation uh, contribute to about 2% of the total greenhouse gas emissions with around 720 million tons of carbon dioxide uh, produced in 2021. The ICAO has set ambitious goals to reduce aviation uh, net CO2 emissions by about 50% by 2050 uh, relative to uh, 2005 levels. Uh, in addition, in 2021, the global air transport industry, uh, through the Air Trans Transport Action Group, the ATAG, ATAG uh, has adopted a long-term climate goal of net zero carbon emissions by 2050, which goes along with the commitment of the airlines, 
airports, air traffic management, as well as the manufacturers of aircraft and engines to reduce the CO2 emissions uh, in support of the Paris Agreement of 1.5 degrees C objective. Uh, and these commitments are on a worldwide scale. So ultimately, in summary, while a range of technical, operational, and behavioral solutions are required to reduce aviation emissions, it is recognized that uh, liquid fuels will continue to be the dominant fuel for air travel through 2050, uh, and that SAF will be the, the main driver of decarbonization for this period to come. Gotcha. So what, what regulations and incentives are driving the aviation sector to use sustainable aviation fuel? Well, um, we can mention a number of regulatory uh, initiatives which have been taken globally or regionally in some cases. Uh, the first one in 2016 is the ICAO uh, adopted the uh, a global market-based mechanism, uh, the carbon offsetting and reduction scheme for international aviation or CORSIA uh, to address CO2 emissions from international aviation. Uh, the objective of this program is to essentially freeze aviation CO2 emissions at the 2020 level uh, through three actions. One, uh, increased airframe and engine efficiency. Uh, two, improve operations efficiency. And three, uh, expand the use of biofuels, which essentially means SAF. Uh, in, in Europe in uh, 2021, under the FIT for 55 initiative, uh, regulations defined a roadmap and volume mandates for SAF ratio in the overall jet fuel consumed in Europe. Uh, these mandates, which are also agreed upon by the ATAG, uh, which is essentially 2% minimum uh, by 2025, up to 5% by 2030, and all the way up to over 60% in 2050. Uh, the second edition of Waypoint 2050 estimates that somewhere in the neighborhood of 330 to 445 million tons of SAF, or uh, roughly seven and a half to 10 million barrels per day, uh, alongside technological and operational improvements uh, will ultimately be required for the global aviation industry to reach its net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Uh, European regulations are promoting advanced biofuels. That means those derived from feedstocks uh, not in direct or indirect competition with food sources. Uh, in the U.S., the recently passed Inflation Reduction Act provides specific per-gallon incentives for SAF production, utilizing carbon intensity as the metric to evaluate fuel sustainability. Now, uh, a, a carbon intensity score uh, can be calculated for each fuel uh, and then be utilized to determine its sustainability compared to a fossil-based equi equivalent. From there, a defined credit structure incentivized the CI reductions across the entire SAF value chain. California has a similar approach with its LCFS program, uh, which grants direct dollar incentives to low carbon fuels, such as uh, as a direct function of their CI score. So what is a CI score? Essentially, uh, it's a it's calculated, uh, calculated number uh, utilizing tools like the GREET model uh, developed by the Argonne National Lab. Uh, these models scientifically calculate a given feed's overall greenhouse gas emission profile over a life cycle, considering its feedstock origin and production, uh, transportation, processing, and utilization. So pretty much everything from its origin to its end use. 
other types of incentives are beginning to become more relevant, and one is the market price. As, as a matter of fact, consumers may also play a role in growing the, the SAF production. Programs exist today from many of the major carriers allowing passengers to pay a ticket premium that is then transferred down through the airline procurement chain to ensure SAF blending. Uh, and airlines have signaled to the marketplace that SAF may command a premium to fossil-based jet, uh, even on what's referred to as its hydrocarbon value or the value of the molecules themselves independent of any credits, incentives, fines, taxes, etc. cetera. Uh, at the corporation level, major organizations are now actively trading uh, air travel emission credits and actively dialoguing with their air transportation partners to formulate actionable SAF strategies, uh, both midterm and long-term, uh, driven by an increasing societal demand. Uh, because of the current lack of SAF production, these transactions have led to SAF pr prices in excess of $3,000 per ton uh, FOB Rotterdam basis uh, through uh, 2022 and, and into 2023. Uh, a last driver, which is worth mentioning, concerns the SAF project's development space. Major corporate organizations are involved, in some cases partnering with airlines and injecting capital upstream in the SAF supply chain, signing off-take commitments and offering other direct support at the project development level. Uh, this helps reducing project risks, uh, you know, covering project development costs and in the end, uh, ultimately catalyzing the supply uh, market growth of SAF. That was a that was quite a bit of information, Brian. Sorry, right, I got so, a little long winded there. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so I mean, you mentioned several places, um, but let me ask you, what regions are you seeing embracing the production of SAF? Uh, well, you can imagine uh, by the the incentivized nature and the developing market that the, the regions where we see most SAF production projects are the regions where the regulations are in place to establish clear incentive structures uh, that are constantly being reconfirmed and, and re reinforced. In such regions, sufficient certainty exists and there's a good uh, solid ground for, for operators and investors. Uh, the two leading regions ultimately are the Europe and the U.S. Uh, first wave of projects are currently being built and some are already in operation using lipid hydroprocessing technology. Uh, alcohols and cellulosic biomass based projects are now under study and uh, some have already reached the detailed engineering phase. Uh, the next wave of projects appear to be in uh, various regions such as Japan, India, Latin America and, and even Southeast Asia. While SAF specific legislation is not fully defined in all of those regions, uh, industrial players and governments have given clear signals that SAF will be the part of their future. Uh, as a result, uh, many players are initiating design efforts that should result in projects starting in the next couple of years in those particular regions. Gotcha. So how about we go back down to the primary pathways to produce sustainable aviation fuel. Yeah, absolutely. Now getting into the technology, which is of my interest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, first off, to be used commercially and actually combusted in aircraft engines, F SAF products have to be qualified. Uh, and actually each SAF production pathway 
undergoes a certification process which involves detailed product analysis and engine tests conducted by the OEMs. Uh, eventually, a specification by ASTM is issued for that SAF pathway, which consists in an annex to the ASTM D7566 specification. Uh, for today's discussion, I, I think we'll just focus on the main certification pathways, which allow uh, synthetic kerosene to be blended into jet A1. Uh, first is the, the fischer troth pathway, uh, which was the first process to be certified in, in 2009, uh, followed by then the hydro treatment of esters and fatty acids, or HEFA, uh, in 2011. Uh, then maybe I'll, I'll briefly touch on the alcohol to jet process, which was certified in 2018 for SAF production. Uh, ultimately, Accents has a unique position in this space, and since we provide de-risk technologies for each of these three main pathways. Uh, all of them have the potential to significantly reduce fuel life cycle greenhouse gas emissions compared to fossil baselines. Uh, reductions of well over 90% are possible when utilizing advanced cellulosic feedstocks uh, in combination with uh, green power. Uh, so the first one maybe we'll talk about uh, briefly here is the hydroprocessing of uh, esters and fatty acids or the HEFA pathway. Uh, Accents has developed and commercialized our vegan technology for this pathway, which is a flexible solution to produce renewable diesel and or SAF through the hydro treatment of a wide range of lipids, uh, primarily in most cases vegetable oils and or animal fats. Uh, this technology allows for the production of drop-in premium quality products. Vegan technology uh, includes a hydro treatment section first uh, to de deoxygenate and remove contaminants for uh, from the lip, uh, renewable liquids in the presence of hydrogen uh, to produce um, waxy paraffins. A second step of isom hydroisomerization upgrades these waxy paraffins uh, produced in the first step and do real drop-in middle distillate biofuels with uh, low cold flow, cold flow properties. Hydroisomerization section uh, can be tuned to produce different grades of jet fuel or diesel fuel according to the market needs with the ability to produce anywhere from zero to 100% of the middle distillate product is, is SAF. Uh, the HEFA pathway can, can be a low investment solution uh, as it offers the possibility to revamp existing hydro treating units uh, and turn them directly into HEFA units to produce uh, SAF. The next pathway is the first one originally, uh, fischer troth pathway. Uh, Axon's technology brand name is, is Gasol uh, for this particular technology, uh, and it converts the syngas uh, or a mix of hydrogen and carbon monoxide, uh, which can be produced from various origins, either by gasification of biomass or mixing green hydrogen produced with water electrolysis uh, from CO2 captured from biogenic sources or industrial flue gases. Uh, ultimately into a flexible state of ultra clean liquid fuels, which can can include SAF. Uh, this Fisher troth route is commonly accepted as one of the most promising uh, midterm solution for the production of alternate fuels and petrochemicals, including biomass to liquids and any fuels. Uh, Fisher trope synthesis reaction uh, ultimately takes place in a three phase slurry bubble column reactor where the syngas is brought into contact with the solid Fischer-Tropsch catalyst to produce long chain liquid hydrocarbons. Uh, the liquid products are recovered in separators and then sent to the upgrading section. The raw Fischer-Tropsch liquid product is stabilized, 
hydro treated to remove any olefins or oxygenates, uh, hydro cracked and then isomerized. The fully converted product is then fractionated with the flexibility towards different production routes. Uh, you can go max SAF or max metal distillates uh, or diesel with some small amount of production of naphtha. Uh, ultimately, it's very flexible to the, the final product that's being produced. Axon's biofuel technology um, combines the biomass gasification and fissure tropes into an integrated chain. It unlocks the SAF and advanced biofuel production from energy crops, agricultural and forestry residue, uh, including wood industry residues. Uh, this technology enables access to a wide range of biomass and offers an alternative to vegetable oil and food-based biofuels. It is the only technology currently that offers the complete biomass to liquid chain backed by one unique licensor. The, the main steps involved are, first step is pretreatment. Uh, the biomass is conditioned through uh, drying and torrefaction. Uh, the objective is to homogenize the feedstock quality uh, to facilitate grinding and increase storage stability and biomass energy density. Uh, the flexible process conditions allow adjustments due to the changes in biomass quality and supply strategy. Uh, so then uh, the pre-treated biomass goes through gasification. Uh, the gasification technology is supplied uh, by Uday. Uh, it is an entrained process with direct quench at high pressure and high temperature. It is in fact uh, a partial oxidation which converts carbonaceous material into tar-free syngas. Uh, syngas is then conditioned uh, which means purified and adjusted in terms of its content of hydrogen and carbon monoxide uh, through a water gas shift reactor in order to, to meet what is ultimately going to be the Fischer-Tropes process requirements. Two unique attributes of this biofuel technology are that it inherently offers the possibility of capturing and sequestering biogenic CO2 to produce carbon negative fuels and it presents the opportunity to integrate green hydrogen to produce deeply low carbon fuels by utilizing a carbon from biomass and hydrogen from green electricity approach. Uh, finally, the, the third uh, pathway I talk about today is the ethanol to jet or Axon's jetanol technology. Uh, it's a process from which ethanol from any source, uh, 1G, 2G, uh, or even diluted ethanol, uh, which can be converted to SAF. Um, from ethanol to SAF, there are several transformation steps uh, intermediate to that process. Uh, first, the, the polymer-grade ethylene is produced by ethanol dehydration in Axon's ATOL process. Uh, this ATOL technology yields close to stoichiometric quantities of ethylene versus ethanol feed, so very little carbon loss from the feed to product. Uh, then the ethylene is mixed in a two-stage oligomerization unit uh, that creates the longer chain carbons um, while maximizing carbon retention and SAF yield. A final step of upgrading is necessary to just hydrogenate the olefins and, and meet the ASTM specs uh, for the final products. This jetanol technology clearly differentiates from any other solution in the market. Uh, it leverages decades of experience in olefins oligomerization uh, it applies commercially proven processes with over 100 homogeneous and heterogeneous reference, referenced units. 
Uh, Jetnal is consolidated into a robust process uh, chain with the objective to offer high utilization rates, uh, maximize production, and have a high service factor from uh, ultimately day one in plant operation. The design of each step, as well as the overall integration of the technology chain, is fully optimized for maximum energy efficiency, uh, minimal utility consumption, and uh, minimized product CI score. Uh, one final word, maybe just to conclude on that ethanol to jet pathway. Um, to mention cellulose, cellulosic ethanol as a possible feedstock to uh, ETJ. Uh, Accents offers uh, the future all technology to convert cellulosic biomass into ethanol through enzymatic conversion uh, of nature's naturally produced sugars uh, in, into ethanol. Uh, Futurol offers the flexibility to produce to process lignocellulosic uh, biomass from various origins, um, including woody biomass and, and other uh, biomass sources. The cellulosic ethanol, ultimately 2G ethanol, can be converted to SAF uh, with the alcohol to jet uh, process, as, as I previously mentioned, uh, opening the door to ultra low CI and even car carbon neutral SAF uh, is one pathway to convert uh, biomass into SAF. I see. So can you can you tell us a little bit about how Axens is, or, or what's your journey in developing and commercializing these technologies? Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a good question. Um, so clearing the path to renewable and low carbon products has been a long journey for for us, which started uh, nearly two decades ago. Uh, it started with the vision of our R&D organization uh, that ultimately society will need uh, and will demand diversified sources of energy and more renewable uh sources in nature uh, as alternatives to fossil hydrocarbons um, r d programs were initiated internally with the ambition to cover a wide range of applications uh, from transportation fuels to petrochemicals plastics uh, even including plastics recycling uh, very early on they, we decided to explore simultaneously multiple pathways uh, with the objective to develop and de-risk technology solutions to convert the largest possible range of uh, raw biomaterials uh, for the production of transportation fuels and plastics. Uh, in doing so, IFPN uh, and Axens uh, both leveraged decades of experience in a versatile know-how uh, in the tr traditional spaces of refining and, and uh, petrochemicals supported by thousands of, of commercial plants in, in that area. Um, significant resources have been used for R&D from lab scale to large demo plants. Uh, we've conducted thousands of hours of pilot tests to develop both catalytic solutions and all the hydrodynamic, kinetic, and thermodynamic models that are needed to support the, the process design and scale up of these technologies. Uh, but in the areas where the technology risk was perceived to be high, uh, IFPN and Axens together with their partners built the largest demonstration plants in the world. Uh, and we ran them for multiple years in order to identify uh, any potential issues inherent to new designs and unconventional processing, uh, uh, processing of unconventional feedstocks. 
this experience allowed us to uh, identify the necessary fixes and, and improvements to be applied to the design of the, of the first commercial plants. Uh, this kind of approach has been applied in the space of cellulosic biofuels, for instance, for the future all uh, and the bio-T fuel technologies that, that I previously mentioned. Uh, today, we believe that regarding pathways to SAF, uh, starting from cellulosic biomath, we have reached the highest possible level of technical readiness uh, and de-risking that R&D can achieve. Uh, and the technologies are ready to be scaled up. The projects are currently under develop. Uh, our current challenge uh, is to continue to explain and convince the, the financial institutions that these technologies are bankable. Uh, and that is why Axons itself is, is investing in, uh, in the projects. Uh, for the production of SAF from lipids, we have developed and continue to work on catalysts, which will allow close to ideal jet yields at the minimum capex and opex. Uh, in the alcohol to jet space, we're commercializing uh, our jet null suite of technologies, which, we, which I previously mentioned as well. Uh, here we have made uh, the choice to leverage technologies which we have already developed, and for most of them already largely commercialized and operated in a number of industrial settings. Uh, we adapted and combined these technologies together with the objectives of maximizing carbon retention uh, into the valuable products and to maximize SAF yields, uh, ultimately while maximizing energy efficiency and minimizing utility requirements across the whole chain. Uh, a few of the projects that we are a part of have already ent entered into detailed engineering. Um, so ultimately, in, in summary, I'm, we have tailored and optimized our R&D and engineering approach to SAF to each of the pathways, as I previously discussed. Uh, as a result, Axons offers today the largest portfolio of technology solutions and pathways to SAF in the industry, uh, with the highest level of maturity uh, and de-risking de as well. So what are some of the key attributes which make technologies bankable? and SAF projects economically uh, viable? That's a, that's a good question because ultimately uh, the, the, the technologies have to be uh, have, have to have to be economically viable. Um, so the first comment I guess I'd make here is that uh, it, we kind of discussed maybe a little bit earlier, but uh, SAF is needed now. Uh, this This is an urgent demand. Uh, the aviation sector wants it as soon as possible and as large quantities as can be produced since most are not even close to, to their blending limits just yet. Um, when talking to OEMs, uh, their focus is to be able to test and commercially combust SAF that can be made available quickly uh, through technologies already available and proven, uh, or which will require a minimal uh, development effort, not multiple years of R&D. Uh, so with that in mind, I would break down the factors of success of a commercial SAF technology into three main parts. First, uh, the scalability and operability. Um, the global potential demand for SAF in a few years uh, horizon is of the order of millions of barrels per day. Uh, the size of the production plants has to be large in order to meet this demand uh, from several thousands to tens of thousands of barrels per day. Uh, this is already the, the range of the HEFA production plants. Uh, large size will also uh, offer uh, the necessary economies of scale. Uh, 
technology companies willing to succeed in this space will uh, have all have to have all the capabilities, uh, experience, credentials to scale up technologies from uh, the demo scale to commercial scale and convince project developers, operators, investors that they have already done it and can do it here again. Uh, second factor is low carbon emissions, uh, particularly in North America measured by a, by a low CI score. Uh, this is the name of the game for projects uh, in this renewable space. The challenge here is the carbon intensity, intensity of the energy sources, electricity and fuels, which may vary uh, widely from one region to another and one project to another. Um, technologies will need to be versatile enough to offer multiple opportunities for decarbonization in various environments, such as the ability to integrate green hydrogen or switch from thermal to electric energy inputs in locations where perhaps low carbon electricity is available. Uh, like for many industries, as it was the case well for the uh, transportation sector, and quite understandably, the, the potential for electrification of the process may also be a very important factor as well. Uh, finally, the, the, the third one is the feed flexibility and robustness. Uh, with conventional and biosource feedstocks, lipids, agricultural waste, wood chips, uh, or otherwise, quality, uh, variability, and predictability is a totally different game than the traditional refining of fossil hydrocarbons. Uh, it will be critical for bankable technologies to be able to accommodate these variations and, and maintain that flexibility. Uh, also, sometimes considering the seasonality of some of these feeds. Um, regarding robustness, uh, which has to do with uh, ultimately the feed flexibility, uh, feed impurities, contaminant management uh, through a you know, thorough and robust design, uh, which cannot allow for any shortcut and, and make costs some additional capex in some cases, but it also entails applying and reusing in a different service and for a different purpose, uh, solutions that have been proven industrially or at least at a large demo scale. Uh, these can range from well-known and mastered chemistry and catalysis, uh, equipment design already proven industrially, industrially uh, feed pretreatment systems, reactors design, heat integration systems, and, and so on. Um, that has always been Axon's strategy, and for us, it is a strategy that will pay off in the short term uh, as well as in the long term. Well, fair enough. Well, to be honest, that's all I have for you today, Brian. Thank you very much for the thorough answer to my questions here. I appreciate it, Tyler. It is very nice to be here. I appreciate the invite. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. And thank you to the listeners for tuning into the latest installment of Hydrocarbons Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. Please remember to share and subscribe.